Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine and special guest, Becky Eason. Becky, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be back. Becky is one of our financial planners here at Rooted Planning Group. And she's also, I call her the, um, well, I call her the coupon queen, to be honest, because if you you want to know how to get a discount, Becky is your gal. And lately I've been asking her like trip uh, information, like different websites that she goes to to find bargains. But she's our She's our hunter around those kinds of things. So we often turn to to, um, Becky for those reasons. But before we get into today's topic, which is around updating on New Year's resolutions, I have to ask Becky, who, by the way, when she first started working with us, was not much of a wine person, (laughs) has now become pretty knowledgeable, I would say, around some wines. What's your favorite wine, Becky? No, I think I still have to stick with Lakewood Abbey Rose. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a nice middle of the road wine, isn't it? Yeah, it was a good transition into red wine. Yeah, yeah, it's not too sweet, not too dry, just kind of a good, it's a good winter because you can chill it too and it it still has a decent flavor and it's a good winter wine from a standpoint of just having a little more body than a light, like white wine would have or something. So I got you hooked, huh? You did. Well, I'm hoping tonight to dig into something that's red, dry, and a bit wee heavy because it's been a heck of a week here. So I haven't decided which one I'm going to go for, but I'm guessing it's either going to be a Cab Franc or a Zinfandel or something along those lines. I guess two to be determined this evening. Um, so digging in a little bit deeper to the the topic that I mentioned, um, when we were setting up our calendar for 2022 to be, you know, thinking about topics that we wanted to talk to listeners and readers and all that sort of stuff with, one idea that we had was around New Year's resolutions. So a lot of people start every new year off with a big bang resolution. And um, we were talking about how like a lot of, a lot of resolutions don't stick very long because people want to make these big, huge sweeping changes and it's too much too soon. And Becky, you actually have some statistics on that, correct? Yeah. So it's actually pretty interesting diving into it. Um, you know, statistically, only 75% make it through the first week. <laughs> And okay. <laughs> you know, statistics show that if you actually make it through the first week, 
then your chance of making it through the year is much greater um, because, you know, at the two week mark, it drops to 71%. Mm -hmm. So, you know, another 4% drop out. Mm -hmm. And then after one month, 64% are still going. Hmm. So it does dwindle. Mm-hmm. And at the six month mark, less than half at mm. about 46% are still mm-hmm. sticking to the resolution. I want to, I'm actually kind of surprised that the number is that high. I mean, it, uh, in a lot of cases, I, and I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that that's like across the board numbers, not specific to anything in particular. But I know that when people set out to make these resolutions, it's, I mean, you can do anything for seven days, really. I mean, most people can. 74% of people feel like, okay, I can hang on. By the end of the month, you said, like, if it's into four weeks, I guess it was two more weeks. So 14 days was like 71%. So you've had just about, about a 30% drop off at that point in time. Um, with with the number clearly dwindling between then and, and that six months. And I, I personally feel like so many people make these huge resolutions, but they don't they don't break it down small enough. So like, yeah, you could make a resolution on I'd like to save twenty thousand dollars this year, but they don't take and you know break out the math and say, well, in order for me to save twenty thousand dollars this year, I've got to save three hundred and eighty four dollars a week, right? So twenty thousand divided by fifty two. Realistically, is that something that you can do? And that's the question. Like, it's okay if you save ten, you know, if that's something that you can actually do, or five, or even a thousand, you know, if. If you can't save those kind of big numbers and you save $1,000, say, I want to just start at $1,000, that's 20 bucks a week. And for most people, that's a completely doable number. It's one lunch out in a lot of cases or, um, you know, buying the, the Aldi's brand versus the name brand kind of type thing. So it's... It's looking at the number and saying, um, can I realistically do that? Let me let me set the New Year's resolution to something that I can realistically achieve. And I think that's why so many people eventually drop out of that number. And it could be weight loss. It could be anything, right? Yeah. I think also it's the accountability of it. Um, we have that master budget that we introduced earlier this year. And sometimes people create that master budget and then they walk away. And you've worked with a lot of people sort of kind of serving as an accountability in some respects. And what are some of the things that they've said to you that, you know, that they, they keep wanting to come back on a monthly basis to sort of keep in check? Yeah, it's, you know, a lot find it as being very eye-opening. You know, they don't realize where their money's going. Mm-hmm. And then once they do realize, then they aren't necessarily comfortable with it going in that direction. So then by having that sort of awareness more frequently, they and if it starts to creep up again, they're like, oh, wait, I did that again. Like I'm starting to spend money um, in an area that I said I didn't really particularly want to or has meaning to me. Um, another thing that we were talking about was around scanning that budget occasionally, maybe for things that have like membership type things. Yeah. Yeah. You don't realize, you know, over the course of the year, how many subscriptions you sign up for (laughs) and those add up very quickly. And, you know, a lot of times it's kind of like a fad and then you may not be using it, but you're still paying for it. Yeah. So I have a confession to make on something like that. (laughs) So uh, I love the movies or the series, The Outlanders. And um, there was Netflix carried like season one through four. And I have a Netflix subscription, which I do use Netflix. So I, I feel like it's worth the money that we pay. 
but the fifth series was only available on Stars. So I signed up on Stars and they had like a promotion that was like four ninety nine for like three months or four months or something like that, just so I could like binge watch the fifth series. And they kept saying the sixth series was going to be out, was going to be out, was going to be out. And I, and I finally got to the point where like, I don't know when it's going to be out. Um, but I kept meaning to, because then the price went up on the subscription, right? So I did the promotion period and then the price went up. And I think two or three months went by before I finally was like, I keep forgetting to cancel that subscription. So I realized it was only like 24 bucks extra that I was spent if I had canceled it when I really should have canceled it. But over the course of the year, that... <laughs> That would have added up and I'd rather spend the eight bucks on something or the 24 bucks on something else, you know, throughout the course of the year. But if I had left it, it would have been almost a hundred bucks that I would have spent on that. But I still am guilty of letting it go three extra months because it was like, quote unquote, only eight bucks, right? You start adding all those things up, those eight bucks become a lot more if we're not careful on some of those um, subscriptions that those promotion subscriptions that we sign up for. Yeah, definitely. And even if they sign emails reminding you it's you know you get so many emails that Mm -hmm. they can go on you know even on red yeah I'm guilty of that too sometimes Yeah. And this is a great time of year. So we love to do like the check-in with our clients and just say, you know, what what we call them goals. New Year's resolutions are the same things as certain goals that people are looking for. And um, we like to do that sort of mid-year in addition to the beginning of the year. The other thing I was um, sort of taking a step back, the other thing that I was thinking about was um, around uh, like fitness memberships and fitness programs. A lot of people are doing the virtual programs anymore or they're doing a gym membership. Um, I I wonder how many people actually continue to use that membership. (laughs) Now that we're into like the fourth week of the year, I guess the question is, if you're listening to this, are you using that membership? And if you are, does your company reimburse you for that membership? Are you submitting like the reimbursement for that sort of thing? So Again, that's that subscription creep that can come into play to a certain extent on that sort of thing as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. When you're uh, working with folks, especially on sort of revisiting their master budget and talking to them about what their goals are for the year and the accountability behind it and thinking about New Year's resolutions, are there any things that, any examples that you can think of that sort of stand out to you that um, kind of get people back on track on a monthly basis if they start to fall off? Yeah, I think using January to really update that master budget with all of your fixed expenses. And, you know, as the year goes on, if you kind of fall out of pattern with updating your spending plan, at least getting back on track once a year, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'll notice where your fixed expenses come in. And then you really have an idea of how much you can spend on your fun expenses. Mm -hmm. And then of that money, you know, what are your goals and how much do you actually have to fund your goals? It's that automation, isn't it? It seems like sometimes we're talking like a, a broken record, but it's that automation of take care of your fixed expenses, take care of your goal, you know, treat your goals like an expense. And then, you have this bucket of sort of other money that you can you can kind of spend a little bit, right? I mean, it kind of is a, I call it the reverse budgeting method because many people don't like to sit down and actually track their expenses on a weekly or biweekly basis. But there's ways, and I know Kate and I talked about this and Anne and I talked about this 
um, and Karen and I talked about this, but there's ways that you can sort of create some guidelines that are more visual if you know what those guidelines are. <laughs> yeah. And that all goes back to awareness. Yeah. Yeah. What's the um, thinking about like for, for folks that are looking at doing something like this, um, what are some of the secrets to making sure that or su- suggestions that you give them of making sure that they do stay on track? Yeah. Having like a monthly check-in, even if it's just with yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going through your bank statements and seeing where your fixed expenses actually came in um, because, you know, sometimes prices do change. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's a quote fixed expense, it still may change. Um, but to update that and um, kind of you know, treat yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like a fun treat when you talk about this, but in reality, if you sit down with it once a month, you have a money date with yourself once a month and you're just sort of checking in. I mean, that it's better than waiting six months down the road and saying, oh, gee, I wish I'd made this change three months ago. Like, I wish I'd canceled that subscription three months ago. <laughs> yeah. Had I taken the money date and taken the time to actually, and really that's kind of what got me like noticing that there were a few things like that was it took me a little longer than a month, but I sat down and sort of looked at our cash flow and said, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed that, you know, I've just spent $24 on something that I really wasn't using. Yeah. And an easy way of kind of checking in too, if even if once a month is too much, looking at your beginning of the month account balances and then your end of the month and making sure that you're not, you know, every month creeping down. Excellent you know, point. If you are, then that's something that you really want to look into as to why. Do you keep separate accounts? Like, I mean, you know, from a standpoint, or do you recommend, I should say, like keeping separate accounts for like fixed expenses versus variable expenses? Yeah, I think that's a great budgeting technique. Um, actually, personally, I just started doing that in 2021. And it's been very nice to, you know, have the fun account and then the fixed account because then we're not feeling that impact. Mm -hmm. And when we have an insurance premium due, we're not feeling that come out of our account because it's Mm -hmm. set aside and we're not looking at it as much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those big expenses, those one-time year expenses... Those are the ones that sometimes can bite people, right? So they're they're plugging along just fine. But if they didn't remember to sort of budget that in on a monthly basis as a fixed expense, because it's usually cheaper to pay like insurance once a year than it is on a monthly basis. So if they haven't budgeted for it monthly, then they're like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot that our auto bill is coming due this month and it's you know $1,500 or something like that. If they haven't been budgeting for it, that's where am I going to get the money from? Yeah. So when you do that, Becky, do you like have a, do you have like your paycheck split in different directions or how do you, how do you break that down between the two different accounts? Yeah. So we have everything funnel into one account, but we know how much we need budgeted for all those fixed expenses each month. Mm-hmm. So then at the end of the month, we just do one sweep into our fixed expense account. Mm-hmm. And, and then that account sometimes grows a little bit and then a bill comes along and you just pay out of that account. Yep. And like we haven't changed over our billing. So it comes out of our main account, but then we just do a transfer back. So, But the money's there. It's just a yep. transfer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great uh, budgeting tool. And it also tells you guys how much, you know, as far as like savings towards other goals. I know, you know, you, you have some fun home repairs that you <laughs> <laughs> you like to to commit some resources to and knowing how much on an annual basis to set aside for those. It helps, also helps you plan for what projects you want to make a priority in your situation. 
Yeah, it does. And it helps with goals like travel and, mm-hmm. you know, all those different non-necessary ones. But so much fun. Yes. <laughs> and that's why you're working, right? Those are the things that are, are so important. Any other tips that, you know, are there top tips that you can think of that would provide or help people stick to some of their financial resolutions? You know, checking in once a month is a great idea, but other suggestions that you might have that would, would help people exceed the 50% survival rate? <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about it with friends, you know, and see if anyone else wants to get on track with you. And, you know, you could have a coffee date or something with a friend. And even if you're not talking about your finances with each other, just sitting down and both walking through it at the same time is an accountability tool that you could use. So accountability buddy is what I'm hearing? Yeah. Grab a glass of wine and have some fun about finance. (laughs) That's right. And you can do it from the comfort of one of your homes. So you're saving money. Anything else that we can think of that might help people? Even again, we talked about goals last time, like around holiday spending. And we certainly have talked about that this month quite a bit. Is there anything else that you can think of that really, any other like tip that has made a difference in the lives of the clients that you've been working with or your, or your own life from that perspective? Make sure to treat yourself. So we focus so much on saving and, you know, being accountable. But if you're too focused on that and then you get off track a little bit, you may go off the rail and really splurge more than you should. Mm-hmm. So treat yourself every so often so you don't get the urge to be too extravagant. That's such a good point because if you think about it, even from like a dieting perspective, which I'm able to usually draw the line between, you know, a good diet and a good budget, basically. But um, if you think about somebody who says like they set out the year to lose 30 pounds, right? Like, let's just say that's their goal. Well, that's going to take some time because even in the best case scenario, if you're lucky enough to lose like a pound a week, that's still 30 weeks. That's over half a year and, you know, trying to trying to lose weight. Um, if you say, you know, I'm ne- to do this, I'm never going to have ice cream again. You know, you're going to fat. Like it's, it's not going to be successful because you're going to want ice cream at some point in time. Are you going to be somewhere where you're, you want to, or I'm never going to have dessert or so, you know, those never terms are really disastrous terms, I think in a lot of cases. And so being careful on using the never aspect of things, um, you know, the story that I often have shared is one of our clients was really wanting to go on this like major Hawaiian vacation. And we were trying to figure out the cash flow to to fund that. And as I was looking down through their budget, they absolutely loved Dunkin' Donuts. Like there were at least there was at least one transaction a day for Dunkin' Donuts and sometimes two. And each time was, you know, because they liked the like what I call the foo-foo drinks, the more expensive like drinks. And so it was four or five dollars every time they went to Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm not the type of person that says, Don't drink your lattes. I'm not that way. But I did say, what if you went to three times a week? week instead of only, you know, instead of five times a week? Or could you do just for the time that we're saving, could you do twice a week? Like, how would it be, you know, could we work that out? Because again, if you're thinking about spending, you know, 25 bucks a week at Dunkin' Donuts, and if you could only spend 10, that's that's $15. $15. Well, if you're saving over the course of even just 20 weeks, that's 300 bucks. And that's going to add up over over time, right? So, kind of backed into that math. And when they saw how quickly like that, that just that one action, 
it got them thinking about some of the other things that they absolutely loved, but maybe they didn't have to have as much of it every single day. And how would that then help them achieve this goal of Hawaii? By the time we were done walking through their entire budget, they had come up with a way to not eliminate, but to cut back on so many things that within a year, they would be able to fund their retirement, their um. Hawaiian trip. So it's little things like that, that I'm not saying give it up because if if that's what brings you great pleasure in life. Um, and it was one of the things that we found out about that particular issue was it was actually an escape. Like they would run to Dunkin' Donuts as a way to escape for a few minutes. They did like Dunkin' Donuts too, but it was also that I'm going to run and go get a coffee. So I said, my suggestion was, well, here's how you can get away with that going forward. Bring your like Go to Dunkin' Donuts, get your like coffee cup or your because they liked the cold stuff. So get the the big thing. Run home and grab your coffee like you went to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and you know that way, and you can buy like if you like the Dunkin' Donuts flavor, like you could buy the Keurigs or something like that to get you what you want. But they'd still like it would be okay because if some you know where they worked, it would not be okay for them to run home to get coffee, but it would be okay for them to run to Dunkin' Donuts. So. It was one of those things like trying to figure out how do I still get my little break thrown in there and that that actually worked, you know, they they did it for a year and and she said afterwards, she said, I think I'm going to go back to my once a week Dunkin' Donut or once a day Dunkin' Donut habit. I said, hey, however you want to spend your money is how you want to spend your money. But we were able to get them to the Hawaii trip and that was the big thing. So I think um, not to you know go on and on about this issue, but I think from a standpoint of your point being so valued, valuable for people to understand is that you do need to build in a treat for yourself. So don't restrict yourself so much that you just say, screw it. I'm never, you know, I'm just, I'm never going to get to my goal. So I might as well just go blow the money. Yeah. That's such a motivational story too. <laughs> they had a good time in Hawaii. So that... And this was, of course, pre-COVID. So thankfully, we got them there before that. Well, Becky, any other tips that you'd like to share on New Year's resolutions or budgeting tips or any big like finds that you came across recently on uh, on uh, great savings ideas? Um, you know, nothing huge, but just before you make a big purchase, make sure you go out and look for coupon codes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you save 10 bucks, put that $10 towards your goal, mm -hmm. like whatever your goal is, whether it's travel or, you know, just treating yourself. For um, people that aren't familiar with looking for coupon codes, how, how do you usually go about that? Yeah, a lot of times I just Google and then make sure you look for a reputable site like Retail Me Not is a great one. Or there's different apps like Ibota, um, Fetch, like different apps that offer you some kind of cash back. So even if you don't necessarily get a coupon code, you're still getting some kind of reward. Or um, I know Capital One has a browser extension. So it automatically looks for you know the best deal for you and it rewards you. Um, if they find anything. As I said, you are our coupon queen and that's why, well, we love you for many reasons, but this is just one more added reason that we absolutely love having you on our team. For We'll try to put those uh, coupon sites in the show notes for anybody that's interested. And we hope that you've enjoyed this show. As always, feel free to share it with your friends, like us out on Apple um, iTunes and, uh, and Square, I guess I want to say Squarespace. How about Spotify? 
and make sure that you just tell your friends that uh, you know to, to listen to the show we'd love to hear your questions stay tuned for future questions that might be coming up under our asking for a friend section we're always looking for questions and ideas that we want to we want to put out there to the universe and uh, if you do have any questions or comments feel free to reach out to us we hope you all enjoyed the show and look forward to hearing from you soon and that will about do it for today's episode of wine and dime you can contact amy through the website www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at rootedpg for the latest news and If you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next time.